It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Good afternoon, everyone, or morning or whatever time of day it may be that you are listening to this. Today, what I'm going to talk about is some things that have occurred over the last week or so, couple of weeks, and that is people dealing with someone who won't commit in a relationship. Um, and in both of these instances, it was women, but I know that, you know, in heterosexual relationships, but I also know that it happens in, you know, gay relationships and any other relationship. And many times what I find is that the person who is asking, why will this person not commit her? What's the problem? Or is there something wrong with me? It isn't that there's something wrong with the person, you know, who, you know, is wanting to move a relationship or a connection with someone forward. But it's more of, like, it isn't that they don't look the right way or don't have the correct hairstyle or they're not cool enough or whatever. It is more likely that they have hardwired themselves to accept less than what they should. Or, you know, I'll, I'll just take, and I'm, I'm going to use an example a girlfriend of mine by the name of Carol Allen. She happens to be a Vedic astrologer, but she's also very curious about how people are in relationships. And she often has people, you know, say, is this the right one for me? Um, are they going to commit or at any various number? And the majority of the questions she gets are related to relationships and to marriages. Anyway, so I'm reading her column and she had these great expressions there's two kinds of women who, when she is, you know, working with them, and one of them she calls the banquet babe. And the banquet babe has the attitude, you know, the world is full of available partners for me. I just, you know, if there's someone who isn't the right one, then I'm moving on. And that's it. Period. I know that there's a person there for me, and I'm just, I'm happy with that. And then the other is the person she calls uh, the soup kitchen girl. And the soup kitchen girl has the attitude of, oh, I'll take whatever little crumbs are there. I'll compromise. I'll, you know, I'll be the one who puts myself out. I will do these things. And it really is, you know, when I talk about you do pull in what, you know, you attract in what, you know, your thoughts are about. In, 
I can't be more clear about this for people than, you know, shouting it from the rooftop. You and you alone are, you make the difference on who you pull in. And so when I was reading Carol's um, uh, article, what struck me is she had, it was so simple. And she used the example, I'm going to use the example of someone who I know right now very much wants to be in a relationship and how, you know, not sure or unsure about, you know, whether or not they want to be in something. Now, if someone is young, you know, like 20, early 20s, yeah, that's to be expected. But when someone is, you know, at a certain age, usually, you know, mid 30s, 40s, you kind of expect them to have had enough life experience to really have an idea of what they want. And what I have found is if someone is not interested in committing or says they're not sure about what they want, really the subtext to that statement is, I am sure I don't want to be with you. That's really what it is. It is not that there's something wrong with the other person. It's just and, and I've watched this happen so many times where someone is in a long-term relationship, woman or man, and they uh, end up thinking, okay, well, I've got to go to the next level. I've got to, you know, uh, ramp up and we've been going out for X amount of time. So now it's time to go to the next level. Well, just because you've been going out for a period of time is not the reason to go to a next level. It may be the reason to look at where you're going, but I've watched where people have gotten engaged, even to the point of he was on his bachelor retreat, bachelor party, away at a, a hotel with his buddies, getting married in you know two weeks' time, and he sees the woman that absolutely knocks his socks off. Now, did he expect to have that happen? No. But he also knew that he was going into this marriage without really having that incredible hit that, you know, like watching on the horizon for the the one that will hit him. And I had uh, a man describe that to me one time. It was a gentleman who was in my uh, in another building that I lived in. And I remember that he said, Steve had said to me, look, let me tell you, this is how it works. Men will be in a relationship, they'll be sexual, they'll be hanging out with someone, they'll be completely taken care of by this person, especially if the woman is the one or the other partner is the one that has their foot on the gas pedal of this is where I want it to go. What will often end up happening is he is at some point sees this other person and boom, at that moment knows that's who I want to be with. And the most dramatic that I've heard it with are, I think, four different people who at the time were engaged, four or five actually, uh, engaged to someone else when they met their uh, soon-to-be new boyfriend and then husband. And I'll tell (laughs) you, some of the examples of this were in your grandmother's and great-grandmother's time when people were getting married much younger and... They all they go out somewhere that wasn't wearing the ring, and boom, they meet this other person at you know some event. 
anyways, to go back to what Steve was telling me, he said men will spend their entire lives looking for, they will be with someone, but they'll be scanning the horizon, looking for the one that will hit them. So that, and that is the one that they are like, whoa, that I, I know I need to be there. What Carol also said, and I completely agree with her, the more that you love yourself, the more he wants to be with you. And it is, instead of being, you know, the clingy, I want to be, you know, do everything for you type, because if that is your, how you are conducting your life, you're not stepping up to the plate and taking care of you first. And that's a crucial step in this. So the person I'm thinking of, they had been in a long-term marriage that ended and which is my next topic that I'm going to be talking about is about cheating. If you've been cheating or someone else has cheated on you and what you can do about that moving forward with relationships and your intimacy. But what they haven't done is made their world be about them. They want so much to be in a relationship that they're willing to sacrifice things that they shouldn't, or they're not willing to look at something that might be outside of a standard norm for them. So what I've said to them is like, look, yes, you do, you know, respect marriage. You do have, you know, uh, a healthy desire to be in a relationship, but that can't, the relationship can't be the only thing. And, and because the, the sharing of relationship really is about a healthy give and take. It's not about only having someone in your life. Now, you know, we're, we're different creatures. Some of us want someone who is, you know, and it isn't only about the sex because for many people, you know, sex very much drops off in long-term relationships. And, you know, for, for most people, and it's mainly because they have kids and they have so many things that they're doing. But when I look at someone who says that they can't commit after X number, you know, X amount of time, and Carol used an example of one of the guys was four years and he was 48 years old. I'm like, are you kidding me? The people have been together for four years. The other was someone who this woman had been with him for seven years. No, he wasn't married. It wasn't somebody else. But he didn't want her to introduce him to her family or her friends and didn't want them to know about her. And it, it, that's kind of like ghosting of the ultimate degree where she couldn't even say what was going on. And that's almost like uh, an affair. And affairs themselves where people think, oh, I'll go with this person and they'll leave their partner for me. Uh, not necessarily. And if they do leave you know, their partner for you, what do you think is going to happen in the long run? They're going to do that to you next. Count on it. Leopard spots don't change. I don't care if it's female, male, or whomever it may be. But what I have seen is that you know, sometimes people will just constantly go for the impossible person, impossibly, you know, impossible over in, you know, geographically or in, you know, they are, they're not interested or they're, they're interested, but they 
only want things done their way. I did a TV show, uh, um, Making Love Happen with Lou Paget. And I mean, remember this one young woman, she was gorgeous. And well, we're coming up to our break here. I'll have to hold that story until after our break. But it was something that for me, and when I said the things to her that I did, she was shocked, just shocked. And I mean, I didn't want her to waste any more time. Here come the tunes, and I'll come back with that right after the break. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Welcome to TogiNet, cutting-edge radio. This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. is almost here and the scarecrows or tatty doolies as the scottish call them are out but halloween is all about trick-or-treating and that means candy the average american eats 24 pounds of candy a year and most of that consumption occurs around halloween what do you call a person who loves to eat a grand gozier Popular costumes for this year are happy face and wink face emojis. Of course, since it's a presidential election year, there are various costume choices for those who wish to dress up as Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton or Republican candidate Donald Trump. If you ask me, the only thing scarier than Halloween this year is the presidential election. What's another word for the fear of Halloween? Sam Hainophobia. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, just before the break, I was talking uh, on uh, about a young woman who, when I did my TV show for Women's Entertainment, WE uh, uh, Network, the, the thing that the whole theme of the show was, can these people reconnect together or are they right for one another or what are they actually looking for? And interestingly enough, this one young woman, she had been dating this individual for hmm, probably about nine months, 10 months. And what they did is they did a video of them and, uh, I was watching them before I would interview them. So I'd never seen them, never spoken to them. And interestingly enough, I happened to watch theirs on mute. So I was looking at the body, you know, I was looking at what was happening with the body behavior, with the physical interaction between the two of them 
not necessarily to words. And what, when I met her, she said, well, I think he'll make, you know, uh, an excellent, you know, I think he'll be a great dad and, you know, he'll be an excellent husband. And I looked at her and I said, no, he won't. And she was like, what? I said, he absolutely won't. He is too damn selfish. And she was like, what? And I said, she said, well, I think, you know, I said, look, you're making all the compromises. This guy in the middle of the interview, swear to God, this is what happened. You can't make this stuff up. In the middle of the interview where the producers are interviewing them at her home, he gets a call. So he walks off to behind the camera. It was a two camera shoot, walks off to behind one of the cameras and starts arranging his poker game that he goes to at least once or twice a week. Now, she never has any issue with that. But here they are being interviewed for a show about their relationship. And he just basically dusts off this interview that's supposed to be about the two of them. Then when she told, I, I asked her a couple of things about, you know, what are the things he does for you? And she said, well, you know, he's, and I said, look, you are making all the compromises on this. And she was like, yeah. And then she started to get really teary eyed. And I said, my dear, Please do not think. Now, you'll have to understand. I live in Los Angeles. It's the land of the good looking, right? And this girl was good looking. She was beautiful. And I said, you, for some reason, have this thought that if you don't have this guy, there won't be anyone else. And she started to nod her hair tearfully. And I said, trust me, that's not the case. It is not the case. Then I asked the crucial question. What do your closest friends say about the two of you together? And her friend, let's call her Mandy, Mandy just said she's not even the same person. She's not like her normal self when she's around him. And that's similar to the man I was talking about in the first segment where he didn't want, you know, the woman, you know, her family or friends to know about him. Now, this is after seven years. And invariably, uh, women have had that happen where a friend may be having hookups or doing whatever it is with someone that they never meet the person ever. Again, that's one of those things that you know, they're not proud to be seen with them. They may enjoy, you know, you know, something physical with them, but that's it. And I'll also tell people, if they think that they're going to be able to keep things completely separate when they're being sexual with someone, doesn't often happen that way, kitties. Many times what happens is people go like this, oh no, feelings are getting in the way. Now, the other couple that I was dealing with on my show, uh, uh, Making Love Happen with Lou Paget, was a couple who they had been together for a period of time, but they weren't sure if they're ready to make their next commitment. They were already in essence, living together, but they didn't know if they should get married. And what they hadn't done is really look at what they both wanted. So, you know, when I talked about at the top of the show, you know, how do you get what you want? And what happens if there's someone who's unsure about what they want? You have to be really honest with yourself. And don't think for one minute, and I was listening to some stuff over the weekend, do not think that it has to be that it has to look like X amount of money or X amount of look or X amount of whatever. 
the number one thing when people are, you know, when they're dealing with uh, struggles in their life or they're dealing with, you know, facing death or whatever it may be, the biggest thing they want around them, it isn't like, look at this, I got a lot of money in the bank. Mm-mm. They want someone who knows and, and loves them for them, not for, you know, the extraneous things that they have. So when Carol, my friend Carol Allen, talks about making sure that you love yourself enough, that will change the dynamic of who comes into your life, period. And, it, you know, I, I've seen people who have had, you know, a long-term relationship, things end, and then boom, right away they find, you know, the person who they're going to be with. That's an example of, you know what, you've got to get the person You've got to be free and clear to have the universe deliver for you. Because if there isn't a space for someone to come into, they can't go there. And for many women who are very accomplished, it's a different, you know, it's a different thing because there are other people who are easier or safer for men to be with. Whereas this person maybe you know what, I expect you to be the best that you can be, and I'm going to be the best that I can be. And I know of one woman who almost every, very accomplished, did very well, has done very well, and, um, you know, was never really, never even dawned on her that she wasn't safe for these guys to marry until... Two of them told her that, that she was too much for them to consider that they could be with. Now, that, she was stunned by that. However, the good part of that, she didn't, being married was not the number one thing for her. But, you know, she'd always been in relationships and long-term relationships. But this was, and two of them said, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was not staying with you. So it was kind of a, you know, after 15 years, kind of like a, whoa, really? Wake up call. But it was because she loved herself more than wanting to have someone love her. And these men were crazy about her. And yet she was not safe for them to marry and scared them. Now, she had no clue that's what was going on. She does now. And, you know, is in a relationship with someone who isn't scared and is fine with that. But the important thing for you is to be aware what the partner is looking for and what you're looking for. The couple who were living together, what I asked them to do was do a list of the things that they really liked about one another and the things that, you know, would, they would like to see in their future. Notice how I did not say, what don't you like? I, that is, you can find all kinds of things you don't like. All you have to do is go on the internet and you can find all kinds of things about yourself that you're not going to like because somebody else is going to tell you or be critical or attacking. And, and we don't need that. We need to have a world that supports us. So when you want to look at what you want, be a banquet, babe. Be assumptive that there's lots of good partners out there for you. And Make sure that, you know, and don't do this soup kitchen gal thing and look for someone who isn't going to be available or can't make themselves available. 
let me tell you something. If you are with a partner who wants to be with you and really wants to be with you, they will become amazingly strategic and they will move. They will crawl over broken glass to get to where you are, period. So, and, and I know that from men telling me and showing me things that occurred in my life. I was kind of like, wow. And again, I wasn't aware that this was their thought process until they told me, <laughs> at which point I started seeing it everywhere with every relationship that people were in. And people would, I had one friend of mine, we're in, we were golfing and we were just about to go out and Mark all of a sudden turns to this other person who I was going to be riding with. And he goes, I want to ride with Lou. <laughs> and so we came up with this game. It's called, I want to ride with Lou. And really what that means is someone gets about four hours because uh, that's about a round of golf, depending on you know how quickly you're going. Uh, four hours to you know pick my brain, so to speak. And what I told him was, she is using you, and she knows how to do that. She's very skilled at it. She's highly manipulative. And I said she's looking for the next bigger, better thing. But I said right now you are comfortable for her, and she's okay being with you. But she also knows that the moment that there's something else, and why do you think she's doing dating stuff out in Palm Springs? You know, there's people who are, you know, uh, what do they call it, newly wed or nearly dead. (laughs) So people are, there's kind of like no middle ground for someone that was, you know, his demographic. And certainly not for her either, but there are older men out in the desert who have money who were looking for a younger woman. That was what she was targeting. And I said, mark my words, that's what she's going to do. Sure enough. And, but he, it's almost like he couldn't see it because she was the one who had broken his heart and he was crazy about her. And yet she wasn't kind to his heart and his friends saw it. But being a woman, I could tell him differently. And, you know, they sort of got back together again, dated, whatever, but boom, it ended. So we're now coming up to our midway point here. And uh, in this next segment, what I'm going to be going over is cheating. And because I've just dealt with a number of people who have dealt with it from both sides, either them cheating or someone cheating on them. And it's kind of like, now what do I do? Where do I go? How do I, how do I get myself back on track for being in a relationship? And there's certain things you can do. You can be revengeful if you want, but all that's going to do is keep you exactly where you were before. And being upset, yeah, you're entitled to be upset, no question about it. Yet, when it's time to move on, it is time to move on. So, we're coming up to seven seconds and some tunes are going to be in. Any questions you have, you can reach me at Lou Padgett. This is sex. 
Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. With your host, Lou Padgett, techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. The U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. What I'm going to talk about in this section, segment, is cheating. And because it seems to be um, rather prevalent among a lot of people. And many times, you know, and let's just put this out here to start with. Whether or not you have cheated on someone, or someone has cheated on you, the dynamic is still has that element of rejection and whether or not it's bad judgment or, I mean, I love when people say, oh, I I had no idea because, you know, I had been drinking. Well, that's called bad judgment. And beer goggles or whatever it is. And geographical location, you know, Vegas stays in Vegas. No, sometimes things come home from Vegas. And <laughs> I remember being in a, oh, in a line for a, a flight out, and there was a man, and it was just like diaphoretic and like sweating like mad and just, you know, like that terrible, you know, hungover look of just like, and he's sort of like wobbling, and he's going, oh, my God. He said, I have got to get home and talk to my preacher. He said, I got to talk to him. He said, my, my wife finds out what I've done. He said, I'm divorced. And... <laughs> he probably should have thought of that beforehand, you know, given that he was going to have guilt and all of this stuff happening. But here's the first thing I say to people once someone will tell me, oh, someone cheated on me. I said, okay, well, how do you define cheating? And that has a whole range of ideas for people. Truly, it does. And it's also a cultural thing. And there are times when if a 
woman does something. I remember a friend of mine, this woman was from one of the wealthiest families in one of the Middle Eastern countries and married to the head of blah, blah, blah. And she was wanting to, now, this woman came from a royal family herself and was married into a royal family and had all of the trappings thereof. However, her husband could fool around as much as he wanted. But because she was female, she couldn't. And she was thinking of doing it. And a friend of mine knew her and said, look, I don't care that you were married to so-and-so and that you're so-and-so's sister and daughter. You will be treated very differently if you ever got caught or they ever find out. I mean, it would be like the end of her life. So the cultural part of it is crucially important to keep it in context. Let's say, you know, I know people who from, you know, different families throughout Europe. Look, if you were being cheated on, you're being cheated on and it still hurts, period. And in when I was doing some presentations in Mexico, I remember uh, a woman who I would say at the time when I met her, she was 35, 35, 40. And she had only found out uh, like 10 years prior that her father, she was from a family of five girls, that her father had a family of five boys with another woman. She didn't even know. And so not only is there, you know, the, there's this other person, but it went on for the lifetime to, you know, produce five children. And they were her age. So this was ongoing at the same time that he was married to her mother. So I, I know that many times people will think, oh, well, if, they, um, if I cheat once and I never talk about it, it's not really cheating. Well, no. Again, go back to what is your definition of cheating? And what I ask people to do when they're in a relationship, have, do you have an unspoken or is it clearly stated what you would consider to be cheating? Is it going out for dinner with an old flame? Is it physical contact with it, with them? Is it kissing? Is it, now I'll tell you, some people, they've got a real, they've got a very broad stroke, what they think cheating is, where they think that, you know, someone giving someone else oral sex is not cheating because there was no intercourse. Well, I asked them, I said, do you think your spouse would think that or your partner would think that? And they're like, like a little white. And I go, yeah, they probably wouldn't think that. But I said, you've rationalized it very nicely. But I mean, I have people that they're in an open relationship, meaning, you know, they will have other partners. Uh, they may have another couple that they partner with. And then sometimes the relationship closes. So it's only between the two of them. And one woman, I know they were in an open relationship with this particular couple, and she had been in the other room with the husband, and her husband was with this man's wife, and she walked by the door, and when she, and this was, you know, post-coital, she walked by the door and saw this woman leaning, you know, with her eyes closed on her husband's chest. And that was more than she could deal with. Now, the intercourse and the sex, that was fine. 
but the intimacy of that, you know, resting on his chest, that was when she said, that's it. We can't do this anymore. Not with this couple. And I know in polyamorous couples, where poly meaning many that you love, and here's the thing about polyamory, it's not about cheating. It's a very much discussed um, behavior. You, now, is there jealousies involved? Invariably. But it's also someone that isn't like has an affair and brings someone into the relationship. That's not what it's about. This is the discussion of, yeah, I think I, you know, there's another person I'd like to maybe do something with. And, but it is about the emotion and connection. And that same thing also happens within polyamorous couples. Someone can get more jealous or someone can feel like, hey, this isn't, you know, I'm not comfortable with this anymore. Swinging couples have this happen where the woman is the one who does the approaching, typically, and the man has to watch and someone has to approach him. So the dynamic of it often shocks both partners because many times it's the male partner who wants to uh, open up and, you know, be in, you know, try swinging. So they have the ability to have other partners with the tacit approval of their, their spouse or their partner. So there isn't the financial devastation of divorce. However, what often happens is the woman ends up, you know, discovering something about her own sexuality and her own sexual appetite that threatens the man. But in all actuality, he's the one that wanted to do it in the first place. And many times she wasn't the one, but she went along with it. So here's what I ask people. Be really clear what you define as cheating. And, you know, for some people, it can be a simple text from someone. And if someone gets that bent out of shape, here's when, when people are saying, oh, they got a text from, uh, you know, an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend. And I'm like, look, they had a life before they met you. Okay. And just because they are with you does not mean that they did not have some, you know, you know, great experiences and pleasant times and things with this person but they're not with this person right now. They're with you. And I've had uh, men tell me that their partner uh, could not deal with, these are all boyfriends of mine, could not deal with um, the fact that they were still in contact with me. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to do anything. And they said, I know that but she doesn't. And I said, well, then that's her issue, not mine. And I've never gone back to an old relationship. To me, it had, you know, the, it had the lifespan that it had and now it's over. But for these women, they are very threatened. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing anything. Now, there may be something on the other end that I'm not aware of, but that's <coughs> excuse me. That's not on from my part or my intention at all. One second, please. So let's say you are the person who cheated 
or you feel you cheated, what do you do about that? Do you not say a word and let it eat at you? Do you not say a word and it never bothers you? Do you rationalize it as it's totally okay because I was on a business trip? Uh, Do you tell your partner or do you just tell someone? And whatever... The moment that more than you know about it, and here's the thing, many times when people are fooling around on someone or cheating on them, they're often doing it with someone who has equally the same amount of things to lose, which is often why married people fool around with married people. They both have plenty to lose. And I love when people say married people are you know, fooling around with single people. No, not necessarily. And when cheating affairs often occur is because someone is giving someone the kind of attention that they absolutely want. So it may not initially have had anything to do with their, you know, with sex. It may have had something to do with this person got them, this person understood them. And they were easy for this person to talk to. The classic example in our current time from a social, you know, from an observation from a social standpoint is Prince Charles of England and his fooling around with Camilla Parker Bowles. She knew him when, you know, before she married Parker Bowles. And yet she was his one, you know, confidant that he could very much uh, speak to, rely on. And that is, that's a powerful thing. It really is. So, I mean, and she may be completely vilified as, you know, the, you know, the person who ruined their marriage. No, she didn't ruin the marriage. It was Charles. Um, But we're coming up to our final break. Any questions you have, you can reach me at Lou at Lou Paget or office at loupaget.com, or you can go on to my website and send a message from, from there. And when we come back, I'm going to give you some more things to do if you have cheated or someone's cheated on you and, and get this taken care of. Here come the tunes. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. was such good medicine ancient greek physicians sent their patients to visit comedians to be healed in the 1300s surgeon henry d mondeville used to tell jokes to his patients in the recovery room dr mondeville must have been a bit of a vitzel such that's a person who tells jokes and no one ever laughs We laugh six times more when in the company of another person than we do by ourselves. And 30 times more when we are in a group. 
laughter isn't under our conscious control. If you've ever started cacinating at school, in church, or at a funeral, you know what I'm talking about. Cacinating is another word for uncontrollable laughter. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. There are a multitude of positive and wonderful things about winter. But when the weather and temperatures become colder, it's easy for weariness to set in. Many people become tired and have low energy when it's overcast and or cold. According to a University of Georgia study, you can increase your energy level by 20% by doing a low-intensity workout like walking. These researchers believe that such light workouts stimulate your body and mind and decrease fatigue by 65%. Exercise gets the blood flowing throughout your body, sending positive signals to your brain. If a low-intensity exercise like this can make such a difference in your energy, think about how you will feel after an intense workout like running or circuit training. Increasing your energy and boosting your mood are simple byproducts of exercise, and there is so much more. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, one moment. Sorry about that. Um, we were talking about cheating and if you've cheated or someone's cheated on you and what you can do about it going forward. You got a couple of options here. If, and listen, some people are more hardwired to be non-monogamous. That's just the way they are. It is not about the person as much. It's just that's the way they are. And whether it is a, you know, a woman or a man, it, it really is about that person. So putting your whole self-worth into, you know, everything is about that person did this to me, don't do that to yourself. So I'm going to talk from the standpoint of, let's say someone cheated on you, okay? Um, in however, you know, the manner or form. The most healing thing you can do for yourself is to look at it from once you're outside of, you know, those, the first seriously painful emotional things, was there any part of this that you were responsible for? Uh, were you always um, away? Did they not feel important for you? Because that's often what a cause someone is they feel like I had a I, I remember asking one man and they were very religious uh, to the point where you know she would in the Catholic Church go and sit with the little host cracker you know on uh, like the 24-hour period things people would go and sit with this cracker and she would not go to a Catholic mass that was in English it had to be in Latin so you know, her whole, her identification of herself was 
all about, you know, being a good Christian mother, which I think is fine, but sometimes you get a little carried away. And in this case, she would, um, I asked him, I said, where do you feel you are on her priority list? If we go one through 10, he said, I'm like nine or 10. He said, okay, where would she put you? And he said, oh, she'd probably say, um, churches first, then her children, then I'm probably about third. And I said, and how does that make you feel? And he said, like, I'm busting my tail to do everything I can for my family. And she doesn't want to have anything to do with me. She won't, you know, she won't even snuggle at night. Um, her whole thing is, you know, poor me, I'm a victim. I had a child that had this happen. I had a child that had that happen. And he was looking to be loved. That's what he wanted. He wanted to be loved. And she didn't even see it until all of a sudden he started withdrawing. And that was a serious wake up call for her. Now, are they still together? I have no idea. But I do know that he was looking for something to take care of his heart, not so much his body, although, you know, that, you know, would probably be a nice thing too. But, you know, everything was about the children and, you know, I have a child that's ill. Well, you already told that person where they are in, you know, your life. So that's what I ask people to do. What's your responsibility on this? If, if someone's cheated on you. Now, sometimes it may not have or be your responsibility or, but it can be if you have awareness and put yourself in the shoes of a friend. Okay. Look at it from the standpoint of if this person was my close friend, what would I observe? What would I see? And sometimes it can be something as simple as, you know, this relationship shouldn't have started in the first place. Even though there are children, even though things, and because what happens is many times people convince themselves that they can make something work when in all actuality, it doesn't have a flow, it doesn't have a foundation to it, and they can make it sort of work. And I you know, use examples of men that I know who say, uh, the craziest thing I ever did was marry this person. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, said, I said, so what are you going to do about it? And they said, I will take care of things until my children are gone. Many men have told me that. Women have told me the same thing. But reason men will often stay if someone has cheated on them is they don't want to lose the access to their children and being able to be a part, uh, an integral part of their children's life because they know what their other partner is like. Now, if so, the emotional part of it, eventually, for some people, it, it's an easier thing to work through, particularly if you're able to get out of where, you know, the person is. Can you um, leave that job are, you know, the thing is, the complications, of course, are if there are children, how much connection there is between the two of you, how many assets you have to split or share. But 
many times, a thing that makes it easiest is getting away from the location where it occurred. And that means creating your new world. It's, yes, it may be tough. I mean, I know of one gentleman moved across the country, uh, took a different job. And yet, if this is the first time that someone has ever broken your heart or just absolutely destroyed your trust, it can be a long, even lifelong rebuilding. Uh, Because that first person that you fall in love with, and if they cheated on you, that can be absolutely devastating for some people for the rest of their lives, because that is the ultimate betrayal. And that's the gold standard. You know, the first person you fall in love with, that person is the one that it it has that goldenness to it. It's like amazing. And something happens there that can be really devastating. It's also can tend to be more um, upsetting and longer lasting for men. Now, whether that's their masculinity being challenged, whether it's straight, gay, bi, whatever, or that they don't have many people to talk to. And I know for women, they will often have someone that they, you know, can confide in, whether, you know, it's their high school friend, friend from work or, you know, gay friend, but they have someone that they often will be able to talk to, or they may actually even go for therapy and say, look, this is what happened. How do I deal with it? Well, most therapists are not going to say, you know, bad you. And if they do, bad therapist. What you are looking to do when someone goes to therapy is looking at what are some tools that I can incorporate to make my life go forward more smoothly. So what I ask people to do, me not being a therapist, I ask people to look at what were the reasons you were in the relationship And what were the reasons that you stayed? And invariably, you're going to come up with some nice things. You just will. Now, did this person intend to, you know, create an issue? Maybe. I know of some people who have had hidden agendas and they were cheating the entire time. Person did not know until all of a sudden it was like, wow, really? And what they found out is the reason that a person married them in the first place is because of who their family was, because they'd never been married and had no baggage, and because this person needed to have a mother for his three children. And when this woman asked men, would you do that? Would you marry, would you just marry someone knowing, you know, find this person and marry them? So your kids could be looked after. And you know what every single one of the men said? Yes. (laughs) She was like, wow. And they said, well, you know, you probably have to like her. I said, oh, that's nice. (laughs) But the thing is, she was not even aware he had a hidden agenda that she would only be there for a period of time until the daughter was out of the household. She had no idea. But he was continuing an ongoing affair with a woman he worked with. And what I'll tell you, many times men have affairs 
with women that make them feel powerful. Okay? So maybe someone doesn't make someone feel powerful. Even though she's very accomplished, she knows what's going on, she's got the whole, you know, the whole world, you know, you know, taken care of. I mean, how do you fool around on Christy Brinkley? How do you fool around on Jennifer Garner? How do you, I mean, it's like, really? But other women made these men feel powerful. And that's important for people to realize that when someone is cheating, there's something else that's not there. Unless it's already been, you know, talked about, hey, I'm fine if you're, you know, with someone else, just be discreet and don't bring anything home. That's how one man described you know, his wife when they got married. She said, look, here's the deal. You can do something with other people. Just be discreet and do not bring anything home. So I hope today's discussion has been helpful for you in wading through if you are looking for a relationship or you are seeing, you know, how do you get what you want? You got to be clear. And the first person to get really clear with is you. And there, and this, you know, and then you can say to someone, look, I think you are great, but I know that I am ready to move forward and I'm going to wish you the best and off we go there. And it's as easy as that. No one has to say, oh, woe is me. Be clear. And if you've been cheating or someone's been cheating on you, this is about responsible behavior and being kind to people's feelings. Own up to it. Stop it. Continue it. Whatever you want. But you have to take your responsibility. Here are the tunes. Thank you for being with me. And you can reach me on my website. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 